Welcome to TMI Today with Rita Bocuzzi and Jen Lee. In this podcast, there is no such thing as too much information. We are diving into all of the taboo topics from money and careers to relationships and parenting to whatever else we've been too afraid to discuss as women. Listen in and join the movement as we raise each other up in our everyday lives. Welcome to another episode of TMI, Today's Motivational Insights with Jen Lee, financial stress attorney extraordinaire, and Rita Bocuzzi, also known as Mama Rita, money expert, financial consultant, speaker, (laughs) (laughs) all around great money manager. (laughs) We get to just have fun. And today we're going to be talking about a, I'm going to say it could be a heavy topic, but it's, you know, this is what today's motivational insights is about. It's insights into like skill sets and awareness around financial issues. And today's topic is about financial abuse and, you know, knowing some of the red flags and, and knowing what to do. So hopefully as much as I love Jen Lee, that you'll never need her. <laughs> exactly. I, I never want anyone to need me. My ideal world would be so people never need me. They're educated and can be informed so they can make good decisions without me. Right. Which is such a beautiful, again, this is coming from both of our hearts as a giving because most of these topics are not talked about. And we're finding there's a few of us that do talk about it. And we know mm-hmm. that those that do talk about it tend to accelerate and do better. And so we want everybody to flourish financially. So, you know, so we'll start on with our topic. What are a few of the red flags, Jen? And, uh, and just as a foundation, financial yeah. abuse is often yes. misunderstood because uh, people are like, oh, I, I, he's not abusive to me or she's not abusive to me. And I often use he, but please know that I'm just being very, that sometimes I'm just shortening things up. It can be either spouse. But financial abuse, the red flags of this or what it looks like is not having any access to bank accounts. So you don't know what's in the bank accounts. You don't know what the paycheck looks like for either one of you, really, um, if you have a job. So just no access to accounts. Like you don't have the ability to go to a store and buy something without getting permission to do so is basically when no access is. Um, And then no visibility into assets. So maybe you have access to one checking account because that's the account that you're allowed to buy groceries out of, but it only has enough in the account for you to to buy groceries and you have no idea where any of your other money, assets, real estate, you have no idea what your marriage has as far as assets go. So that's usually another huge red flag. Yeah. I hear about that all, you know, I hear about this, um, And it just touches my heart because all of us get to deserve to, you know, I always say, whether you are the income person that brings the income to the household, but if you are in a household that is like one union, Mm -hmm. you, your worth is combined, right? So that this way you can flourish, you get to flourish, you get to live as an individual human being. That is our right. Uh-huh. Right to be able to survive and then thrive. And when someone, you know, I, I I'm trying to think of the state agency, and maybe you know it better than I do, uh-huh. but that ha- where the un- unclaimed funds are, uh-huh. yeah. right? Uh, and I remember doing an event, and 
and talking about this, that there's all this money there. And most of it is because, and I was speaking to a group of women and really it is a, a big allowance of it is um, monies that spouses, I'll just say spouses in this case, did not disclose to yep. their partners or wives uh, or spouses. And, um, and they're there, they're there and they don't even know it. So the money actually belongs to them. And unless you know, to claim it, it sits there and it shouldn't yep. be sitting there. It, you deserve it is kind of where I'm getting to the point. You, yep. it's money that is yours. Well, and Rita, I think you see this a lot too, where you'll have someone come in. Oh, my, my husband manages the money. I don't have any idea. Or my, my, my honey manages my money. I think I've heard oh you say God. that yes, before. Yes. And so there's a couple of issues with that. That's really alarming Yeah, is you know, I do get women, oh, I don't want to. And their husbands want them to, right? Mm -hmm. uh, just like my dad wanted my mom to, yep. because God forbid something happens to him. This is not about disagreements or anything. Right. This is, yep. this is truly about a loving act between the two of you, actually, you accepting the receiving of this information so that you can stand no matter what happens in your life. Mm -hmm. And that person, you know, it's a giving and a receiving of this information around money. So when you look around this resource, really, right. if you can kind of take the word money out of it and even just say this resource of dollars, it almost changes it a little mm -hmm. um, because it's like, what is that going to work for or do? And in the event, like if your partner or spouse gets sick right, and you don't know, I can't tell you how many times um, in our situation, in my situation is we'll find out I, uh, even on Facebook, mm -hmm. a, a client of mine, oh, my husband has cancer. And I'm like, wait, we, you set up a plan for yep. to receive money and they forget yep. because they're not managing it. And the person is too sick to think about it. Right. And it's like, that's when we pipe in, hopefully that we see it going, oh my gosh, here's this money for you. So that's kind of where in yep. my world it works. And it's so important for each of you to know because it's, it's equal. Research. And that goes into some of the read you touch on it really quickly. There's one of the other red flags is disagreements about money. If you can't talk about money with your spouse or your significant other, that's a red flag mm -hmm. because it's a very emotional topic for people, but not even being able to talk about it without ending up in a huge fight is a red flag. Um, it may not be financial abuse at that point, because a lot of people have disagreements about money, but if you can't even talk about it and know where funds are going, when am um, I, yeah, there are little most yeah. favorite questions to ask people is, you know, what's the number one reason for divorce uh -huh. and without fail, the word money comes out of everybody's mouth and it really isn't about the money. It's about the communication. Exactly. And, and many couples and partners, we haven't been taught how to communicate with one another. We just yeah. haven't. And yeah. so we're learning from each other's different backgrounds. We're coming with these different backgrounds and different understandings. And that's where discord can sometimes happen or disagreements. And it's really just um, lack of different bases of learning. Mm -hmm. And when we get together, we get to compromise, especially over the resource that is meant to make you both 
thrive. Exactly. Yeah. So a few other red flags, and I want to jump into the difference between financial abuse and, and communication issues, because that's really important to know yes, whether it's really financial is. abuse versus communication. But if you have, if every single expense is questioned and you go to the grocery store, I've seen this really horrible situations where they'll question, you know, why did you spend $5 on this or where I gave you $10 and you only brought back change for $8. Like that kind of questioning is not normal. And I think we, it often slides into that. So you don't realize it's happening while the, the reins are kind of tightening around you. And so I've seen that where, where clients will go, oh my gosh, it didn't start out like this, but it became so constricting along the way. And that's intentional. That's how abusers tend to operate is in this cycle of, they let you think everything is great, isolation, questioning, and then they have control of you. So that questioning every single expense is a really huge red flag that I see. And only giving you a very small allowance for certain things is, is, is in there too. So, you know, we're talking about the red flags. When, at what point should someone start questioning it? Like, or mm-hmm. start reaching out to help, you know, cause it's like, it's that forest for the trees, right? You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when do you start maybe even asking your friends, are you seeing what I'm seeing? Yes. Uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that. So because money is so hard to talk about and that's the other problem too, but asking a friend is probably the first step I would take. Like, okay, is this normal? Does your husband do this too? Or, you know, have you, does, did your parents manage money like this? It's okay to ask. And everyone's always worried that their friends are going to look down on them for money problems. Your friend has money problems too. So they're not looking down on you. No one's thinking about you and your money problems. We're very, you know, internally focused about their own. Their own. Exactly. All, it's true. We all think that it's that is, exactly. that's a really important point. And so just ask a, a really good friend um, that you trust. Maybe a friend you've had a long time. I would start there. If your spouse is willing to go to therapy with you and it's just a communication issue. If they say yes to therapy, that's usually a good sign because that means they're willing to communicate and talk about it. If they mean, no, this is your problem, not my problem, then I would not go to therapy with them. But also a therapist is a good one to talk through. So individual therapy is very good for financial abuse because you get to run it by someone else from your perspective. So I, I recommend therapy for pretty much everyone. If you've ever met me, everyone needs therapy. For I'm going to say a hundred percent. Amen. <laughs> yes. To that one. We, we, again, it's that outside person perspective. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going to share probably a little bit and it's not financial abuse. It, it was financial infidelity. And I had never yeah. heard of that word before. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you explain a little bit, maybe the difference between financial yeah, yeah. ability and financial abuse? So financial abuse is you don't have access to anything and you're being controlled pretty much by the lack of access. Financial infidelity is the keeping of secrets and it can be a secret account. It can be credit card debt that you don't know about. It can be, I'll take care of the taxes and file them and then either not filing them or not paying the taxes. And so financial infidelity is more of the cheating. That's what, like when you think of cheating on someone, you're cheating on them by not handling the finances in the way that the two of you would have handled them. Maybe you're trying to keep it. I think this is so. good awareness. Not if just somebody else is doing that. Yeah. That you might be doing that. Yeah. You, you never. Realizing. Yes. 
I see this a lot with credit card debt. Honestly, like people all get credit card debt, like get credit cards in their own name and have a bunch of debt. And then their the other spouse doesn't know about it. Um, and it becomes the marriage's problem because you don't, you need to pay for the credit card debt. And it, right. And eventually it comes out. All. Whether yeah. it's good yeah. or bad every day, yeah. day to day, this is the one thing people think that they don't have an effect. You do. Yeah. Whether you're doing something or you're not, you do. Yes. And financial infidelity can be solved through therapy as well. It's not an abusive. It's a lot of times it's unintentional um, yeah. and you're trying to protect them from something. So, and I'll share again, story yeah. very vulnerably uh, oh. after having gotten financial cancer, vowed that it would never happen again. And I started, we had great credit and I started, I knew my husband, I had wanted to do courses earlier on. Yep. And so for me, it was like, okay, he's not going to let me do this because he wouldn't let me do it before. I don't want to screw up again. So I want to learn so I could teach my kids. And I started, you know, one course and these courses aren't cheap, (laughs) you know, (laughs) they're not cheap. It adds up to tens of thousands of dollars. If I can, like, I don't know if I'm turning red, but, and you know, it, it gets a little hot under the gun when you're, when you're starting to do this, but I, but I knew like, and I don't recommend this, that for anybody. I, I mm-hmm. just knew that I was going to turn that around and change it. It was like, yeah, it was a heavy commitment for me. Um, and then not to do it just for my kids, but to do it for everybody else. So, but when you do those things, it puts a strain on a marriage. And I'll be honest, like literally we almost separated because of that. You know, mm-hmm. we've been married 30, 32 uh, years now. I, I keep like counting an extra one. I like saying 33. And, um, <laughs> You know, we'd had to have some serious conversations around that because it was, it it was not fair to him Mm -hmm. to not let him know, regardless of whether he was going to approve or not. And Mm -hmm. so even though well-intended, but I didn't even know that there was such a thing as financial infidelity until we went to therapy and we heard about it. So how do people get out? Like, like if they're wanting, if they're in this scenario, how do they get out of it? So you talk to a friend, maybe you talk to a therapist, you realize that you're in this um, situation. And I will be very honest that I have seen a situation with a lot of very smart people. So it happens to a lot of people, whether you think about it, or not, I've seen really high powered attorneys actually in a situation where they're being financially abused. So to get out, the therapist is really important. Um, documenting what is going on. Uh, you, you journal, do something at the moment, write things down. Like I didn't have access. I didn't have an account or he used money against me. told me I had, to, I had to do X in order to get money for the week, write those things down so that you have, and it's hard, but journaling helps in a number of ways, but it also helps in documentation, um, develop an escape plan. So the one hallmark of abuse is it tends to escalate. So if your spouse thinks you're starting to push back on things. It could lead to other abuse. We, you know, emotional abuse often goes along with financial abuse and physical abuse is the one that everyone thinks of when they think of abuse. Right. So it can escalate. So having an escape plan, have all your documents together, have, if you have children, have your children's documents together so that you could actually escape out if you have to, um, at a moment's notice. Um, and then the therapy and asking for help part. If you're in a situation where you're being financially abused, get legal advice, ask for help because how a lot of abusers keep you under their thumb is by 
misinforming you of what will happen if you leave. They'll tell you, oh, I'll take the kids. You'll never get any money. You're going to be living on the street and homeless. They, they're trying to scare you into staying because they know if you go talk to someone and ask for help, that person who sees us all the time is going to tell them this isn't normal and you don't have to live like this. You, you have the right to you know, have a normal life. So they don't want you knowing that there are options. So asking for help is really important. They're planning their escape plan. Yeah. Should, should they be talking to an attorney about that? Like, you know, they may not want somebody to yeah. the other person. Yeah. Like, what's the best way to, for them to facilitate that? I often recommend the hotline.org. So if you if you go to the hotline, they have a way on there where you can message with um, crisis counselors. And it hides like, because if he's tracking your phone or if he's doing something, they have a way where it'll hide, um, their website. And so a lot of times as a social worker, they'll connect you with local resources, a social worker, something like that, that can help you develop that escape plan. It's usually not a lawyer at that point with the escape plan. It's usually, um, some type of social worker counselor, that kind of thing. That's great. And so, you know, what if you do end up having to go to court? What is, you know, what, what, how, what should you be aware of? So the hard part about financial abuse is it's not readily apparent. A lot of times it's not one of those things where you have photographs of bruises or uh, even recordings of something like sometimes emotional abuse can be ca- captured with a recording. Financial abuse is a little bit insidious. It kind of goes in. And a lot of the courts don't necessarily understand financial abuse. I've seen judges that don't quite get financial abuse because it can be hard to prove and hard to show. So that's why the documenting really comes into play and having a good attorney who understands financial abuse is really important on the divorce side because chances are your abuser is a personality type that everyone thinks very highly of in the community. They are well-spoken. They're going to get up and they're going to make you look crazy because they've literally driven you crazy. And now they're going to look like, look, she, she, he's crazy. And obviously there's some, they need mental help. Um, so that's the game is to make you look crazy. So the documenting, all the help you need, all the resources, gather those around you, use your people so that you have a good defense when he starts or she starts making you look crazy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So important. Yeah. And while it's such a heavy topic, this phrase for me is preparing versus panicking. Yeah. Right. Cause the panicking, it's not, you may not be crazy, but when you mm-hmm. are in a panic to people, it might appear that you are right. Yeah. So you get to be prepared and not panic and look at, you wouldn't have, a, <laughs> you wouldn't have a career in the world if, <laughs> if this didn't happen. Right. If there's not that you want it to be that way, but you're there to serve mm-hmm. people. And this is the beauty is that this service is available because people will be the way they will be and do what they will do. And you get to take care of you. You're, you're your most important asset, right? And when we talk about money and wealth, gosh, you got to take care of you. You're the most important asset and your wealth, your health is your wealth. In these cases, your mental health, your Mm -hmm. physical health around financial abuse. And gosh, these were such amazing tips today, Jen. Uh, I feel like I'm even learning over and over again as I hear these things. So I just want to thank you so much for this beautiful service of really also clarifying, you know, differences between different aspects of what we do and don't do, 
what one thing is and one thing is not. Uh-huh. And it, this has been truly uh, an empowering educational episode. And thank you. Talking about it, thank you. And talking about it is what makes it be seen in the world. Like people aren't going to recognize it unless you talk about it. And so that's why we and I passed it. You get to get yeah, past yeah. it. That's the yeah. good thing. You know, it's that. It's that I, I call it, you know, the acronym of fear that we most are starting to hear most often face everything and rise. Yep. And the thing is, you don't have to do it alone. It does take a village. And I'm going to say, Jen and I, we're here to be part of your village yep. of support and service to have you flourish. All right. And that's you. TMI. <laughs> Thanks, Rita.